Welcome everybody to another edition of Legal Tech Week, where we talk about the top news of the week in legal tech and innovation with our esteemed panel of legal tech journalists and bloggers, and uh, and even legitimate magazine editors uh, here as well. Um, I am Bob Ambrogi. I am the uh, author of the blog Law Sites and the podcast Law Next, and. Uh, I've got a little more compact of a panel this week, uh, but uh, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, Nikki, you want to kick us off? Of course. My name is Nikki Black. I am the legal technology evangelist at my case law practice management software. Um, a lot of what I do is write legal tech stories for a number of different outlets, including the ABA Journal, Above the Law, uh, the New York Daily Record that's syndicated across the Bridgetown Media Newswire, and then I write um, at least weekly for the My Case blog. And uh, I'm here in upstate New York where it's super windy, but very pretty. So and we're, that going. Somewhere birds are chirping. Are those behind you? <laughs> um, I have a bird, plus there's a lot of birds outside. I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so um, it's very nature-y sounding out here, which it's is a good nice. place to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Victor, how about you? Hi, everyone. My name is Victor Lee. I am assistant managing editor for the ABA Journal. Uh, I am just holed up in my home. No nature, no birds, no nothing. So. Dogs. Well, no, my dog is actually boycotting this month, this, uh, oh. this week's meeting. So, sorry. All right. Uh, Joe. Hey, Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I am, uh, and the Thinking Like a Lawyer podcast, I am uh, very much in the nature, but that's not because I want to be out in the nature so much as I have children running all rampant through my house. So uh, I've got, uh, we've got uh, God kids here and uh, I got another one that I'm doing on Sunday. So um, the, uh, the, elder siblings of that one are running around so 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 that's an extra big glass of something today is it? so what so so what i'm saying is it, 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 for people who've seen the godfather uh we settle all patrice family business on sunday like <laughs> you you should all you're all gonna be okay don't worry um just people from certain tech shows. I don't know. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I have a true life story about that's very similar to that. I have to tell you sometime. Uh, Steve. That um, seemed I, like a weird thing to just drop on us and then walk away from. You can't just not follow up on that. I was, I was going to seed my introduction to, back to you, Bob, so we could hear. Hi, I'm Steve Embry. I uh, write the blog Tech Law Crossroads, and uh, I really have nothing witty or funny to say this afternoon. <laughs> Um, well, um, I feel like we should, uh, start doing like a, maybe a weekly ILTA check-in just to talk about what's going on there. Uh, Ooh, do we want to talk about that? Cause I want to talk I, about I that. I think so. Yeah. So, Hey everybody, uh, especially <laughs> this audience, I know that we have an audience that, uh, goes beyond just the people who are watching it live and we love everyone who watches it live. It's a different experience to watch it live. Obviously you can participate and make some comments and whatever, but for those who more aren't immersive. watching it more live, yes, it's more immersive. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, the live audience tends to be people who are involved in the legal tech like universe, especially press people for that, uh, for those folks. And whether you're listening then or now or later, uh, we are going to go to Ilticon, many of us. 
And uh, I have secured a suite, like a big giant like suite in the Mandalay Bay. So we can all hang out there. Uh, I will be we will be sending out little invites. Uh, I haven't gotten them together yet, but we're going to be sending out little invites and let people know that if you want to chat with us, uh, you like, especially me and Steve, for sure. I think Bob's going to be there a lot of the time, but I'm, he's got his own things going on. I know, I know that the legal, the, the legal tech news folks are going to be there a lot of time, but not necessarily always. But a lot of us are going to just be hanging out there. And so we will schedule a time where you can have like meet the legal tech press almost in our in our pool uh up at this uh in this suite and so yeah uh let us know hit me up i'm at joe at above the law.com and uh we'll schedule some times yeah so so it's sort of a unofficial press room because I, I i don't even actually know if there is an official press room but given that some of the official press isn't going to be allowed into the official press room yeah we're going to have a kind of an unofficial <laughs> press room and, and well one of the things well go ahead yeah Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, one of our salespeople just let some vendors know, like, yeah, press isn't necessarily allowed in. So, you know, you need to negotiate some stuff with us to, like, meet, make sure that we meet up. And apparently, Ilta got wind of this and got very upset and said, press is allowed in, just not all of press. And if you wanted in, you could have paid full price. And I wrote back, and I like, very nice, because I have no ill will towards them, but I was like, hey we're just telling people we work with that you're not letting us in and that's okay. We've managed to find offsite places and it's not been a big deal. So no worries, but you know, um, it's not, it's not any begrudging of you to tell them why this is why they are going to have to be asked to leave the floor over and over and over again. And that's what we're going to have to do. We're just going to have to keep telling them, Hey, you're going to have to leave your exhibit and come up to us because we're the only way you can talk to <laughs> And one of the maybe crazy things we've been talking about is this idea that we will perhaps, you know, sort of group interview people. Uh, yeah. If, if, uh, if a the company press. wants to come in and tell us what they're doing, uh, why make us, why make them tell five different journalists five different times the same thing if we can all sit around and, and have a conversation with them? We'll have some mics and podcasting equipment set up there, I assume. So uh, yep. uh, we can do that as well. So uh, yeah, it should be, it should be fun. And there might even be, uh, you might even be able to have a cocktail or something while you're there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really? <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and I, I was, I just wanted to comment on the, on the sort of this notion that, Hey, if we want to go and we don't get an invite, we can just pay. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't buy stuff, right? We're not, we're not in an IT department with a law firm. We report on stuff and, and to suggest that, well, we'll have one group get in free and the rest of you have to pay if you want to go. I mean, that's just uh, ludicrous. Really, yeah, really, really shameful. I mean, it's just that's, uh, that's the only way I can think of just to describe it. I mean, like I said, I've said before, you know, it's like the, the, their attitude is, you know, they are doing us a favor. But the truth is, we're doing them a favor. I mean, that's what it is all about. We're not, we don't, you know, we go to, to help them actually, not, not the other way around, but well, well, and to help the vendors to yeah, it's exposure yeah. for the member. Yeah. 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 Well, so. and 
and this goes to the original, like, I, I will always say if anybody from them uh, argues like that I'm some sort of bad person to this, uh, I will direct them to the episode that we, I think every one of us, plus a few others, were on the episode where in real time I learned that I was second tier. And I was like defending them like, oh, no, COVID still a thing. Like they aren't inviting anybody. And Bob's like, oh, no, I'm in. Yeah, uh, but that, but that episode, the the real thing about that, I I will always say, is what I don't think they grasp is they keep saying, oh well, you can uh, you're digitally in, you can go to any session. It's like, yeah, but that's not what press does. It that that conference exists. There's a series of CLEs for uh, IT people at big law firms, and it, very good ones. As, and I've been to some of them. They are fascinating, but they are not what we write about. What we write about is the exhibit hall where we talk to vendors about what's new. And they have basically, it's a calendar. They have a two time a year where they give, uh, here's what's coming up. And they do that at legal week, which became tech year century that <laughs> we don't have any of them on this show today so we can make fun of them and then we have the ones that happen at ilta and yeah there there's two of them a year and we just roll with that and so ABA tech show well, yes the ABA tech show, level, but that's but, a niche yeah. market that's a niche market although it's a great for that niche market but like they're t- and it's close up to that same early quarter first half of the year and it's like they're that's what we do. And the idea and the audacity that is, oh, you can attend our CLEs as though that like is a trade-off was so absurd. And well, yet here we are. The yep. other thing is the CLEs, no one really attends for the CLEs. The CLEs are there so that people can say law to, you know, law firm pay for this because I'm getting CLE credit. But everyone goes yeah. to these conferences to network. Vendors go to sh- share their product press goes to network and also cover the vendors and hold on people i'm, go I'm scrolling the through the lo- to speak you know like sorry i'm vendors. scrolling through the live attendees just make sure somebody oh. is paying attention and no no one no one's here from that from them uh, we love all of you who are here but the people who are who could have learned something from that exact right. statement nikki gave are not here, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they wouldn't lower themselves to talk to the likes of us, or at least some right. of yeah. us. Anyway. <laughs> well, well uh, I'm starting to wish I was going to go, but I hope you guys have a great time. Come. And, do you, well, do you, your husband should come just, too. Could bring I was everybody. Just saying that the reason I'm not going is I don't know. I haven't mentioned this too much publicly. A little bit I have. Well, my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer. He's fine now. He had a surgery. Um, we just found out about a week ago that he doesn't get any additional treatment, but. That really knocked the wind out of me. And I'm just looking forward to spending a month, you know, <laughs> enjoying the summer while I don't have that hanging over my head. And so, um, and also we were all stuck in about some concerns about the Delta variant. So we'll see, yeah. but. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. No, mental health is a good thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, Caroline, who's, who's not here, I wish she was here today because she did uh, interview uh, some ILTA execs this week uh, for a Latera TV episode, which I happened to watch. Uh, uh, and uh, I thought it was really interesting um, some of the precautions they're going to be taking around this conference. One I was not aware of, which is that they are going to require every attendee to show proof of vaccination. 
and uh, you're going to have to show them your little card when you check in, or they're going to have apparently something on their website where you can upload a copy of your card uh, or, or scan it or something and show it to them that way. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's good as far as the uh, immediate event, but this is going to be in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, in which, you know, there will be uh, anti-vaxxers roaming wild all over the place, uh, 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 maskless and drunk and uh, having a wild time. So it'll be, it'll be strange. I mean, they are having an opening night party, which they said will be a regular old party. Um, I don't, I mean, everybody will be wearing masks, but it will be a party. They are, I think she said maybe net documents or one of the companies is sponsoring. They're going to have wrist color coded wristbands, uh, green, yellow, and red and green will mean you're open to hugs and socializing. Uh, yellow will mean like you can talk, but at a distance, red will mean leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Le legal tech becomes furries, basically. Like that yeah. that's how furry conventions operate, <laughs> as far as I know. As far as I know. And wait, I actually do I do have a story about that and it's wild. And one about one about legal tech. It's about uh Discover Ready years ago was doing a lot of their uh their document review out of uh, Michigan and the hotel that they put people up when they were like doing their like low cost uh, document review, the hotel got double booked by a furry convention <laughs> and all of the discover Eddie people came back and they were like, you need to know above the law what what just we what we just saw. <laughs> and apparently it is like that, like you have different coding about whether what levels of contact you're inviting in your mascot uniform. Yeah, so, those uh, furries are crazy from what I yeah. 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 So we're we're basically furries now, I guess. We're with our furry we're flagged by YouTube. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I feel like I saw Law and yeah. Order or something that there was a murder at a furry convention. So I feel like I feel like I got to know the furries <laughs> intimately from that episode. They're nuts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your excuse and you're sticking with it, right? Uh, <laughs> um, what, was it, what else did they say? I, I, the other thing is I'm, I'm hearing vastly different uh, numbers on, on the attendance. Uh, I mean, I, I have heard uh, several people who are vendors have gotten the list, said there's like 275 registrants. Uh, uh, not vendors, but like attendees, um, but that the vet, there's like a hundred vendors, each of which is possibly bringing, you know, two or three people. So that's, uh, I mean, I had somebody sort of an insider tell me this week that they thought it was going to be seven to 800 uh, on Caroline's show. The Ulta people said they're close to a thousand uh, registrants there. Uh, so I don't know how those numbers jive. And, and I think that was actually recorded last week, not this week. Uh, and they're close, closing off live registration, I think, like today or tomorrow. Um, so uh, that will be the end of that. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah. I feel as though uh, I feel as though if we wanted to pay full price. I'm sure we could still get it. But I actually have <laughs> heard from a lot of people also uh, vendors straight up who are like, yeah, we're not going to pay for an exhibit, but we're going to be in Vegas. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, given that that's what you're going to do, I we're going to have a room in Vegas. So uh, there, um, it, there's some like 
it not, not, I'm not going to name any names necessarily, but there are a couple of vendors who've said to me, yeah, it just didn't feel right to get an exhibit hall exhibit booth, but we knew that people would be there. So we're just going to show. So it's possible that there's way more people going to ILTA who are not necessarily going on the floor of ILTA. That could be Dan O'Day just said they extended it into early August, uh, the uh, registration. So there is more time. Shock. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, this is my shocked face. Yeah. yeah. Tells you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny because I was just thinking, and, and I'm, I'm, Victor's been kind of quiet all this, but I was through all this, and I, I was thinking about suddenly I started getting a bunch of press releases the last couple of days, but the ABA annual meeting, I had completely forgotten there was an ABA. I have to say, I've been like so tuned out of the uh, ABA annual meeting this year, whereas some years I would be much more tuned into it. Uh, uh, Victor, you've been looking at that at all? Are they doing anything uh, important or, or significant this year, uh, taking up anything in the in the uh, governing body? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think, you know, we're still kind of doing like the, um, uh, it's like a it's like a hybrid conference. So there's some live stuff, but like a lot of it's still going to be online. So I think, you know, that might be one of the reasons why people are kind of, you know, not necessarily paying close attention to it because because it still kind of feels like a it still kind of feels like a, um, it still kind of feels like a, like, like one of those, like, like hybrid, like online only meetings. And, you know, I mean, as we've seen that the engagement is different for those, for those types of meetings, you know, it's, it's not, maybe it's not as, um, you know, at, at the front of everyone's um, attention when things like that happen. Yeah. But like, as far as, um, you know, like, I think, I, I mean, typically it's, it's, it's like your typical, like, you know, your, um, um, you know, you have your CLEs, you have, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, just just looking at looking at it looking at it the other day i didn't i didn't see anything that was like really necessarily controversial that was going to be on the um on the on the board uh, being being decided by the uh by the house delegates but i mean yeah. you know these things are still being changed and like negotiated and whatnot uh, you know all the way up until all the way up until you know they go to the to the floor um as you know as far as like you know the meeting itself goes i think i think you know it's one of those things where um you know, they're, they're hoping that a lot of things just, you know, with regards to like a lot of the programming and a lot of the, um, you know, like, like the, the events and stuff, I, 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 I think they're just hoping that they're, they're expecting them to go, to go like, like normal, like before the pandemic, like with the Margaret Brandt and the um, luncheon and like some of the other things, but like yeah. as far and the CLEs and whatnot and the awards. Um, but you know, but as far as like the actual, like, like, like the, the delegation, I mean, there, there are a couple of things that might be interesting. Like there's um, something about, um, um, you know, uh, there's a there's a thing about private prisons, which will, which 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 could be you know interesting as well. Um, there, there's a, a resolution about like um, um, you know not wanting prosecutors to um, to solicit for donations and whatnot uh, from 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 law enforcement unions. Um, so so there are some interesting things that that, that they're going to talk about, like that could possibly you know have have some kind of um, you know discussion or some kind of prompt some kind of like action and whatnot but as far as like the actual you know event goes like 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 with like, like with big names and that kind of stuff it's not it's not as like high profile as like in, as in previous years yeah interesting i have to pour through the resolutions at some point and say there's often some good interesting ethics things or or that kind of stuff that comes up uh comes up there um i i 
I'm going to come back to Joe later because I want to talk about this whole factor thing, which I think you wrote about this week. But 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 maybe we should let somebody else talk for a minute. So I can go on to a couple of other stories and come back to that because uh, uh, I want to get through this stuff. So I don't know, Nikki, you want to uh, talk about your story this week? I actually posted something additional too that I thought was interesting. Um, oh, I missed that. The, well, the, I don't know if you guys saw the robo lawyer got 210 million or 10 million in funding and was valued at 210. Yeah, I just saw that this morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting just because yeah. I've been following the do not pay all along. And I just kind of wanted to call that out more than anything because it was an it's a notable access to justice, arguably. I think that I think that he and that company actually does fill an access to justice gap. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to call that out. But the yeah, thing that I interesting. I think it was Andreas and Horowitz too, which is a big, you know, big, big soul, probably one of the biggest VC firms out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was I just Thought it would, I thought we would be remiss if we did not mention that since we've been talking a lot about that stuff. And I'll put that in the chat. And then um, the other thing that I had initially submitted that I think is really interesting is um, that uh, the New York uh, State Department of Financial Services issued um, ransomware uh, recommendations for businesses in general, not just um, not just uh, law firms, but, but I thought that the, it was worth talking about because, and I'll put that in there too, the um, advice is, it's notable because A, ransomware has gone up so much during COVID along with a lot of other phishing and social engineering types of um, uh, scams, but the their recommendations I thought were really interesting um, in large part because y'all know that I have, not only do I work for a company that provides cloud-based software, but I wrote the book Cloud Computing for Lawyers that was published in 2012. And I've been advocating for lawyers to use the cloud for a long time. And the cloud is one of the best ways to um, protect yourselves from ransomware one way or another. And that sort of shows up in their recommendations. Um, so. And they talk about email filtering and anti-phishing training for employees is really important because those malicious links are often the things that allow them to download the malware onto the, into the systems and then lock your system up and demand ransom. But also vulnerability and patch management. We always tell people that um, that's another vulnerability. When you don't download um, system updates, oftentimes you have those security vulnerabilities. Multi-factor authentication, but then they talk about disabling remote desktop protocol access whenever possible, which is what a lot of law firms thought was gonna help them if something like COVID happened and they were displaced from their offices. Not only does it not work well, it's not particularly secure. Um, privileged access management, which is what the cloud provides you, set it and forget it. You can decide who has access to what and once you make that setting, you're good to go and they can't access anything but what you allow them. A way to monitor systems and respond to suspicious alerts. Um, Com comprehensive segregated backups. That's what the cloud allows you. So you can recover it in the event of a ransomware attack. You don't have to pay the ransom because you have access to your data somewhere else backed up in the cloud. Um, and then an incident response plan. But I just thought it was important. It was notable that those guidelines were issued. And I think it was important to talk about them a little bit. And particularly as it relates to the cloud, because that's one of my uh, passions. That's something <laughs> that I really think that lawyers need to understand that it actually is secure and it can actually protect you in a lot of ways um, that you might not actually realize. So let me say actually one more time and then I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that sounds really, it sounds like a great, uh, great read and something everybody ought to, ought to take a look at. Um, that, by the way, <clears throat> it's not a, uh, not necessarily a legal story, but uh, apparently Apple um, had to issue very quickly some security patches for a new form of malware that was attacking Apple products, which, you know, we, most of us have been taught whether it's true or not, that that Apple products are much more secure, but apparently this was a, a malware that you don't have to click on something. If it arrives on it on your, your phone or your device, it just kind of wow. worms its way in. And yeah. so, uh, so I've been busily downloading the security fix. So anybody with Apple products, make sure you do that. Yeah, well, th that's a, a perfect uh, uh, setup for, for the story Victor had pulled out this week because uh, getting those updates is uh, very, very important. But uh, Victor, you want to talk about that? Yeah, uh, although I said before that, I had a question for Nikki because yeah. I, I didn't I didn't look at that guidance too closely. So did they, did they actually say that uh, that people should use cloud products or was it more kind of like, okay, well, you should segregate your, your backups, but still have it like on site or, you know, physical, like something that you can actually get to? Like, like, like did they actually say that you should use the cloud or, or was it more like, well, this stuff is all available on the cloud so you can use it if, if you want, but you should still have but, but but you can also do like the physical like like backups if if you can. Well, that's that's the latter, um, which is mm. that I inferred it. Um, they <laughs> they what I went through with those bullet points was um, I basically paraphrased what they said, um, and then I added my. Uh, th that's a great question, and um, <laughs> but but I would suggest that um, you know physical backups are still. You know, unless you're talking about one that you're carrying out of your office, like those tapes that people used to use. I mean, I, I'm not sure what other physical backups you're talking about, unless it's it's still the cloud. As long if it's offsite and a third party owns it, that's the cloud. So even if it's a physical backup that goes through the internet to a server a block away, unless your firm owns that server, um, it's still the cloud. In that case, it really is still the cloud. It's just um, private cloud. So yeah, I would curious. argue that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. They did not say cloud computing is the answer to all your problems, for sure. I'm saying that. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be surprised, I'd be surprised if they did. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, they didn't say that. I'm not even saying that, too. I'm just saying that it's, um, but, but you're right. I think that's a good call out because they didn't specifically say the cloud. I read that into a lot of their recommendations. Gotcha. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, no, I was just curious about that. So, um, so yeah, so my- So buy um, Nikki's book and use my case. That's right. The, the book's, I think, not even being published anymore, but you can find it like on Amazon somewhere you probably, okay. it was written too long ago. So I'm not right. even trying my, to sell My case my is still around. But though, use right? my case, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sorry for that. Yeah, so my, my, my article was a, a look at the, that the feds came up with a list of the 30 most exploited vulnerabilities. Um, and some of them, yeah, were like really old. Like they were like um, stuff that from like, you know, you know Microsoft Exchange, old, old, old vulnerabilities from Microsoft Exchange. Old, old vulnerabilities from like Citrix and you know various other like my, like various other Microsoft products and and other and other pro not just Microsoft but like other products VPN products and stuff and a lot of it was just people just not wanting to download patches and look I understand it could be a pain in the ass especially if it's like a like a software like like a like a whole scale like operating system update like I had to I had to up, do the do the upgrade that Steve was talking about with my um with my Macs and it took it took it took a long time it was really annoying and. Uh, it, it took it took like several hours even afterward for my Mac to start running properly because 
you know, of, of all the updates and stuff. So yeah, I get it's a pain in the ass. Very often you don't have time to do it during the day, especially if you're, you know, you sit down in front of your computer and you're like, okay, I want to start my day, but oh crap, I have to download these things. And now it's going to take like the whole, you know, the whole morning. So, you know, just, but, but, but you got it, you got it, you got to do it. You got to patch your systems, maybe do it overnight. You know, when you're not using your computer, just leave it on and just, you know, run, you know, run, run the, run the updates because otherwise, you know, people are still exploiting these 30 year old, uh, uh, 30 year old um, vulnerabilities in, in, in people's systems. Interesting. Um, all right, now I got to come back to this factor story because I think it's kind of crazy. And did you write about this this week? I didn't see it if you did, but. I didn't. Uh, actually, no. Reuters wrote about it and I saw well, it from Reuters and I was like, ah, oh, good for them. Do you want to talk about it or? I was going to talk about it, but I mean, if anybody else wrote about it, but no. Um, uh, so well, I wrote about some other aspect related to it. That's why I'm, it's all kind of. Ah, okay. It's all confusing. I mean, look, if so. Factor um, Factor announced they're going to do this Factor Connect thing involving like Kadia and Agiloft and Black Boiler and Kira and Priori. And then Priori also like announced a bunch of other uh, partnerships. And it, right. That's which, what I wrote about. You know, okay. So, all right. So I'll leave that to you because well, I love them too. Um, also, like I'm like, like I, I know all them too. Uh, actually, I worked with, uh, with, I worked with the priority people kind of when I was a lawyer still. But again, I, like what I took away from this whole combination, like other people are going to write about the smart things or non-smart things about the combination. The like tack I took away from it was, are we potentially seeing a moment where we walk away from, we talk a lot about consolidation in this sector, like it's all about consolidation and somebody buys this and eats up this and eats up that, and then it's consolidate. Are we potentially seeing some companies stake out their ground and say, what if we cooperate rather than consolidate? What if we don't necessarily open ourselves up, but we create this like bubble that allows a black boiler and Akira who both do AI contract stuff, but different AI contract stuff, uh, what allows them to operate under the same umbrella without necessarily being absorbed into the same uniform? And I was like, oh, maybe that is an opening. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I, it, it's funny because I, the, the story this week that you're talking about was this factor announces this factor connect, which is this partnership group that they're going to kind of bring together several CLM companies and others, to, and they're all friends somehow. And I had written about Priori, the, the legal marketplace, it's a legal services marketplace announcing that they were going to be kind of expanding into a, becoming also a tech marketplace where certain tech vendors uh, if, a, if an in-house legal department submits a, a, an RFP through Priori and that RFP might be appropriately handled by a contract, you know, uh, analytics platform or AI platform or something like that, or, or an ALSP instead of just an individual lawyer, then they will kind of recommend that. That'll be among the, uh, the responses they'll put out there. Um, and it's funny because I, I wrote my story and somebody emailed me to say, Oh no, you've got the wrong companies listed there because I just read the announcement and it's Black Boiler and, and Kira and stuff. I'm like, well, no, 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 that's a different announcement. But then you look at it and you've got you've got uh, LexFusion before all this stuff happened. LexFusion is this company Joe Borstein started, uh, which represents 
all of these companies like Factor and Agiloft and Priori as a sort of go-to market represent representative. And then you've got Factor bringing in Agiloft and, and a lot of the same country companies and, and Priori into their thing. And then you've got Priori bringing these same companies into their thing. And of course, Joe Borstein uh, at, at uh, founder of LexFusion and Ed Sohn, who's now at Factor, were longtime colleagues at uh, Pangea 3 and Thomson Reuters, worked together for many, many years, close colleagues, close friends. Uh, so is there like some, I, I mean, I like, I, I like your take on it. I mean, my take on it is there like some kind of a, uh, a, a conspiracy here among a, a, a close-knit group of, of companies to, you know, use these different uh, platforms to kind of dominate this market, which is perfectly fine. I actually emailed uh, uh, Joe and, and Ed this morning and said, you know, is, is this a, 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 a plot for world domination? And Joe responded, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Listen, uh, if there is any antitrust uh, element to this, I, I would I love to know. <laughs> no, no, no. I would love to know because, again, um, and, and this goes out to any listener, uh, the college debate topic this season is antitrust reform. So I would yeah. love any insights anybody has. Yeah, come to I've our suite teach- in Vegas and tell us all about it. Yeah, exactly. I got to teach a bunch. I got to teach a bunch of cadets how to figure out not only navigate the law, but navigate antitrust law, which is like doubly difficult. Yeah. Yeah, by right. cadets. Well, I we mean, no, uh, West no further Point, insights yeah. on that. I don't know, but it was it's, well, no. a, it's, well, it's just an interesting. Didn't someone didn't someone do something like this, like kind of similar a few years ago? Like, I, I feel like these kind. I mean, maybe it wasn't as maybe it wasn't like a formal alliance as far as like you know their actual you know, signing, signing documents and saying, Hey, let's, let's all get under the same umbrella, like legally and, 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 you know, whatnot. But, but did, I mean, didn't someone try this like, like, like a few years ago, as far as like coming up with some kind of like one-stop solution where you pay, you pay a membership every month. And then if you have like a, and, and then they'll, they'll tell you, okay, well, if you want to do this, then we'll refer you to this company. Um, was it Evolve Law? Um, was that, was that, was that them or was that? Evolve yeah. the law was more of a, uh, I mean, now, now, which is now owned by above the law, but Evolve law was more of a, a sort of a, a membership organization that would bring together investors and startups and, and customers, clients to kind of network and, and, and talk and share ideas and whatever. It wasn't a formal kind of business alliance of any kind, I don't think. I feel like the longer you're in legal tech, the more it's like deja vu all over again. Someone comes out with some new idea and you're like, I've heard some variation of this. You can't even figure out where because you've seen yeah, these things right. pop up so many times, yeah. but. Yeah, look on my blog, you'll find it. I, it's, uh, I mean, I feel like what's different here, it's not a single alliance. It's these three, the, these are positioned as three separate things, but kind of all involving the same players and, and maybe all to the same effect in, in, in one way or another. Uh, and so it, it's either really clever marketing uh, or extreme coincidence, but. There's no such thing as coincidence. Uh, we all know that, right? All right. Um, <laughs> Steve, what do you got this? <laughs> um, well, there was a, I thought an interesting story by uh, uh, Roy Strom over at Bloomberg. Uh, and he was, he was talking about, like the tight labor market for associates. Um, 
And it caught my eye because I had written a story last week about uh, remote work policies and what the impact of this, this perceived actual or, or not tight labor market for associates and how that might force firms to uh, be more flexible and be more associate friendly, I guess. But, but so what Roy did was kind of interesting. He, he went and, and researched the top 10 most prestigious firms. And then he looked at the top 10 best places to work for firms. And so he, he went back four years with, with the data um, and he found over the four years, the, the average number of associates hired by the, the top 10 most prestigious and the top 10 best practices were, were close, close uh, to one another. But then he looked at the last year and in the last year, uh, the best firms in, on average hired 64, I mean, the best, most prestigious firms on average hired 64 new associates, which was like a 131% increase, while the best, best places to work firms only increased their hiring of associates by about 30%. So his sort of conclusion, and I guess this is some, some truth to it, the, the most prestigious firms are, are, are able to, are not having as much trouble or any trouble hiring associates to do their work while, you know, <laughs> somewhat ironically, the firms that people say are the best places to work are, are short on associates, which means the poor associates at those firms are going to have to work harder, which means they may, may not be the best places to work for top 10 firms if we look at it next year. But, uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, it's sort of the same, the rich get richer. Um, and, you know, you, it makes me sort of wonder how uh, how real is, how, how are, however, uh, potential associates looking at firms and are they, are they more interested in lifestyle or are they more traditional in their, their views, wanting to work for the most prestigious law firms, knowing what that probably means with respect to work-life balance and, and everything else. So it was, I, I thought Roy did a nice job with it. It was an interesting analysis. I bet some of the decision that goes into that has a lot to do with the amount of debt they're carrying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that drives a lot when you first get out of law. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and like, and like anybody, true. I mean, anybody can talk themselves into the idea of, oh, well, I'm just going to go work at fill in the blank, Cravath, Simpson, Thatcher for a few years. That way, you know, I get it on my resume. Um, you know, if I do well, then I can write my ticket to somewhere, somewhere else that where then I'll get like the, the flexibility that, that, you know, maybe at a firm or at in-house or whatever. You know, I mean, I think most people could talk themselves into that for at least a few years, be like, okay, uh, okay, I'll, I'll sign away my life to Wachtell for for that sweet bonus for, you know, for, for a few years. But then after that, then, then once I pay off my debts or, you know, once I get what I want, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that to write my ticket somewhere else. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad mm -hmm. plan. I mean, but you know, you, 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 then it's like you, you can't really complain then when, you know, they call you in at like, you know, <laughs> in, in the middle of your weekend and say, okay, you're staying here for the rest for, you know, until, 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 until Christmas. Right. Yeah. It's uh that's an interesting point, you know, uh, and you know the best places to work firms were, were not unknown law firms. I mean, they're they're you know, big law firms with who also have big reputations, and so you know it's and who are probably paying the same 
many of the same salaries, the same salary ranges as the most prestigious firms. So, you know, you may be right, Victor, it may be the kind of thing where I want to have on my resume that I worked for one of these most prestigious firms and then go, go someplace else. Um, but so it's, uh, yeah, who, who knows? It's, it's hard to, to, to make gross generalizations about any of this stuff because there's so many different factors and, and so many, I mean, different sort of mindsets by associates. I mean, so, you know, there's, yeah. You know, so when I, so when I read this article, I, my takeaway as somebody who dabbles in the recruiting uh, world also, I, the the hottest part of the market right now is not like litigation. It is is transactional shit. Which right. if it's all transactional, it is difficult. Is that what they to call move. it in recruiting? Transactional. Transactional shit. shit? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. No, it's absolutely what sure. we call it. Which, well, as a litigator, it, that's what I always called it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 what's interesting about that is it, because of that being what's the hot part of the market, it. It's not as though like you can move to tiny niche firm doing like a small boutique practice. Like I moved from a big law firm to a boutique law firm, but I moved to a boutique law firm doing white collar criminal practice. And, you know, you know, there's always criminals. Point is, you don't really have that niche right now. The hottest part of the market is between the big law firms. It is very much, I'm going to leave, not to call anybody out, I'm going to leave Kirkland and Ellis to go to Jones Day or something like that. Like there is no, you're going to some lifestyle firm. And given that they're moving to the, between those sorts of firms, the amount of money that is getting thrown is, I'm, I'm again taking off my hat and I am not crediting. I'm not saying anything obscene, like 50% bonuses to just sign like stuff like that. I, I have seen a law firm say, I will give them a hundred thousand to show up just to win the recruiting battle between two law firms. That is where we are, but only with transactional. And that means it's not, moving to lifestyle firms, it means a bunch of high profile firms are fighting between themselves because lifestyle firms don't pony up a hundred thousand dollars just to sign. You're you're not saying those lifestyle firms don't exist, but just that they're not in the oh, financial they do. They're they not do. In the financial game. They're not not in the financial game right now. And obviously, I I know they exist in white collar crime, for instance. Yeah. And they do it's not lifestyle, but whatever. Know of some they do exist in transactional. Yes, absolutely. But the problem is you don't get a chance to have that conversation because when you say, oh, I've decided to leave insert firm here, let's say white in case. I've decided to leave white in case before you hit the hit the doorstop. Kirkland Ellis is like, sign you same amount plus 150 grand if you just sign tomorrow. So like there's there's not really that moment where you go to but uh, on the transactional side. Yeah, yeah. yeah and look, I, I, and I'm just saying these hypothetically. And by that, I mean, I'm saying none of these things hypothetically. I have seen <laughs> all of these happen. <laughs> 
Well, hey, mm. getting getting a hundred thousand dollars a shot that, that that that's good work if you can get it right. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, hundred thousand. That's crazy. It's but, unreal. But I, I mean, you know, but but like yeah, and and I I, I did recruiting a long time ago, um, and like we, we like like we used we used to laugh whenever associates were like, well, I want to move from you know this Amlaw firm, Amlaw one hundred or fifty firm to this other Amlaw one hundred fifty one hundred or fifty firm because. We we heard that this other this other Amlaw firm is, is is a better lifestyle firm. I'm like, look, if 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 an Amlaw firm is going to pay you like one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year, you know, without having practiced a day a day of law in your life, and and it only goes up every year that you're there, they're not they're not going to be like, okay, well, you know, today you get to spend time with your family, you know, come in come in whenever you want, you know, we understand that things get hectic at, at home and we're going to be compassionate to you. No, they're going to be like, get the, get the hell in, get the hell into the office or we're going to, we're going to go get someone who's cool, who will take your job in a heartbeat. Is that well, true? That, <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, it, I, I completely agree. L- listen, when, when, when I left a big law firm, the argument was you're moving to a place that either furthers your career in a hyper like inject it in my veins sort of a place or you move to a firm that was a lifestyle firm i actually moved to an inject it to my veins firm um because i'm that kind of crazy but like that existed um but i was a litigator and i and never really understood and the people who moved transactional tended to move in-house at startups and stuff like that or or to smaller firms that did like, oh, we're going to do these smaller deals. Right now, though, since transactional is so underwater, basically, if you if you are at a big law firm and you walk out the door and say, hi, I want to move literally anywhere else. I don't care if it's the same environment. You will get 100 grand. It's that kind of crazy right now. Any firm will take you. That is how insane the transactional market is. And yeah. And so they're all moving between big law firms. And meanwhile, we're all writing about legal tech. Like, what is going on? I know, right? <laughs> we yeah, thought like, we were the smart ones. Yeah, everyone, everyone thought no. after Dewey collapsed, oh, well, no one's going to give out guaranteed salaries anymore. Oh, no one's going to give out you know, millions of dollars every year based on no business, you know, just, just, just on the promise that maybe one day you'll deliver. No, now, now it's like, no, now it's like you're signing for like millions and millions of dollars. If, if you're a partner, millions and millions of dollars right off the bat. And it's like, when, when did Kirk, okay, maybe not to say, but when did these firms become, you know, baseball teams? Like what, what is, what, what is with these like ridiculous signing bonuses, these ridiculous salaries? It, 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 it's insane. And, and, and frankly, yeah, if anything, it's gotten worse um, since, since Dewey. I mean, Everyone thought Dewey was going to be the big, the big equalizer, but no, it hasn't been. I heard legal tech writers are getting hundred thousand dollars signing bonuses at above the law. Is that? Is yeah, that right. <laughs> we we did bring in a new writer, and he's doing part time because he's like just out. But uh, we brought him in not for a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus, but you know he's great. If people haven't checked him out, uh, Chris Williams is doing like our meme stuff. He's from the. If uh, for anyone who hasn't checked it out, the uh, law school memes for edgy T14s, that group, uh, he was one of the moderators of that. We were able to snag him and he hangs out with us now. Awesome. And And yes, of course, 
of course, because he was a debater for Rutgers and I've known him forever. I was like, wait, could you? Yeah. My, so my debate the, universe is strong. Are the checks in the mail for your columnist, I'm assuming? What? Are the checks in the mail for your columnist, right? Oh, my God. Are they not paying certain like, people? No, our bonus checks. Oh, bonus <laughs> checks. Yeah. Okay, good. Are those in good, the mail? Good. Oh yeah, no, we. I mean, I assume no. <laughs> I mean, I meant. Um, I, I, no, I that, but clear. but hey, 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 Nikki. Uh, if you would like to come to Moria Suite in the Mandalay <laughs> Bay, we have that for you. Free beer. That's where you. your okay, bonus is. <laughs> <laughs> which right. yeah. which is kind of kind of bad, but also kind of if you wanted to come, you could hang out in a suite. <laughs> I've gotten kind of bad about my above the lock. I'm supposed to write a column every week and I've gotten pretty bad about it. I don't know what's happened, but uh, it's I'm supposed to submit it on like Sunday night. And yeah, sometimes Sunday. Yeah, you're supposed to write writing. You're supposed to write one original and then we cross post one. And we yeah. kind of got in the process of just cross posting all of them. Oh, but it's good, a, good, good, I mean, good. you, you yeah. put out good stuff like yeah, we're yeah. not mad at you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Don't um, worry. So speaking of good stuff, well, I, not anything, but I, I'm going to talk about something I, I did this week uh, only because, uh, well, I kind of already alluded to part of it, which is the story about priorities kind of expanding into this legal tech marketplace. But uh, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting because two of my stories this week were about women, legal tech founders who are not only succeeding, but but growing. Uh, Priori was one of them. Priori, uh, is, as you probably know, is founded by two women. Uh and uh, has appears to be uh, doing quite well, thank you. Uh, and uh, as as we were, as I alluded to earlier, they are kind of now expanding their marketplace into legal tech. And then the other story I, I wrote about uh, this week, so one I've, I've written about a number of times, is is Erin Levine and her Hello Divorce, uh, do basically a DIY uh, divorce platform, uh, but where you can also get some legal guidance and, and help from lawyers. Um, I think I had actually written last a few months back ago uh, that, that she was planning to expand to all 50 states. But uh, this week, she actually got uh, got a little cash to help her uh, do that. She raised a, a two million dollar mm -hmm. seed round. You know, not a not a huge round by some of the numbers everybody's throwing around these days, but uh, I think significant for them, uh, and it's going to help them at least get their expansion going. They're now in a, in a handful of states and, and they have plans to move into a few other states uh, over the next uh, couple of years and eventually all 50 states. They want to be in all 50 states. Um, and, uh, you know, further, uh, further to the whole legal tech, small world incestuous uh, story there, uh, one of the investors uh, in that is Jack Newton, who happens to be the co-founder and CEO of Clio, which happened to it's like my case but not yeah it's certainly um, my but, case only smaller but but um, but that was actually what i was gonna say you slow played it i was gonna say that's what was amazing about it was not how you know, like two million is not a giant amount but it is two million from names that are like actual players in this space yeah, you know yeah that, no that's absolutely true um and uh Actually, one of the other uh, investors I, I, I was kind of happy to see was this woman, uh, Lisa Stone, who I don't know if any of you know her, but she had been the uh, founder of Blog Her, which was this uh, very successful 
women, largely women blogging network that put on conferences and all that. But way back, way, way, way back when Caroline Elephant and I used to write a column for Above the Law, not for Above the Law, for uh, for uh, ALM, for Law.com. Um, ALM had its own little blog network way back in the early days of blogging. And Caroline and Elephant and I wrote this daily column where we'd shift off every day uh, called Legal Blog Watch, where we would kind of summarize what was going on in the world of legal blogs. And that was when they were like 10. I mean, it took like five minutes to write this every day. Um, but uh, Lisa Stone was our editor for that that column way back when, before she went on to found Blogger. So it's all a very small world. We're all interconnected somehow. We're all a few degrees of separation from. It's almost like it's such a small world that somebody, I don't know, running a conference might invite this small, <laughs> very cloistered world all in and instead think, oh, no, I can't invite one half of it. They'll tell the other half. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Possibly mentioning it, it, it all comes back to the fact that you didn't week. get an invite to Ilta. So. Right. Jesus. Well, <laughs> and, and, and just think they were they were thrilled, thrilled not to invite us. Thrilled to give us a digital. Uh, we, we're allowed to go to the CLE conferences. And, and I, I for one, really got excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say the whole red band thing, the whole like red wristband thing, I'm debating just like whether I should just keep doing that like even after this is over that way i can just be like okay yeah exactly <laughs> we should just get honestly um, putting aside the the delta they and obviously the the horrible things i was thinking more like a movie trailer should should we identify our suite as the red band like because of like a movie trailer like this is where this is the explicit tag treat if you want like explicit tag legal tech it's yeah. up here yeah. yeah well that's the other thing they're doing uh we can, we can come up with some variation of this because apparently in the exhibit hall all the vendors are going to be have signs of some kind that are going to identify what they do so by by like product like we do practice management or something like that so that you won't oh. have to go over to their booth and ask them what they do uh oh it dear won't just be their company name so it but if they do multiple things they'll have multiple signs apparently i'm i'm picturing you know the, like the, those road signs you see that see you know the caribbean that way and and, and whatever this way and uh, <laughs> no um, no like burma shave right what was that <laughs> what it was called where it's like you see one it's like oh no it's gonna be a contract no, no, not due diligence. No, we, we do a different part. If you want to have the negotiation about small. All right. Um, All right. That probably is going to be our suite is going to be the place to be at our suite. Your suite, Joe. Yes, everyone. Hanging out and there's going to be the suite, the place to be, as, as you can see. Uh, yes. If we all make it. Um, if uh, if Delta doesn't. Uh, turn into a few other Greek letters. before. And we if it there. does, we're just going to play Pinochle up there. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll live. Like, we will like be live chatting a Pinochle <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, we will live stream. Yeah, good idea, Jasmine. She's just live yeah. the whole thing. By the way, I don't know how to play Pinochle. It'll be like... Uh, yes. Yeah. Like one of the I don't know how to play Pinochle, but I do know how to play Texas Hold'em, so we can do that. Anyway, can we can we live is. stream the entire week in the suite? Can we put that on Facebook? Live? Yes, like nonstop. Yes. 
Now, now you're cooking with gas. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it is Friday afternoon, and uh, maybe some of us have something to do. Uh, maybe not. I'm gonna know. jump in the pool. Yeah. I'm gonna go drive to the airport and pick up our producer for the show. Who's oh no! Flying in from the west. Oh, Coast. I know that producer. Yeah, that that guy needs a pickup. <laughs> all right well thanks to everybody and uh, thank we you we'll be back i think caroline said she would be here next week so that'll be good we can catch up and see everybody then all right. well, have a good weekend bye all bye you too